0: Monday morning, everybody, and I am Glenn McGee, coming to you from one of the coolest places in America right now, Ocala, Florida. Really? Yeah, what do you mean? Well, like, it's 111 up in the Northwest, and it's, it's like an 80s here. We're like the coolest oh, place in the country. So
2: you're just being a jerk. Yes, I am. Yes, okay. I am. All right. I was like, where are you? Like, what are you talking about? I'm Jamie Jennings, and I'm in the most awesome place in the entire world, Norman, Oklahoma. And you're listening to Horses in the Morning on the Horse Radio Network for June 28th, episode 2703, brought to you today by Kevin and Equine. Good morning, horse people. Sorry, that took. I have good news and bad
3: news for you on this Monday morning. First, the bad: it's Monday. But the good news is really good. Jamie and Glenn are here to guide you through another week filled
2: with horse talk and a whole lot of fun. Welcome to Horses in the Morning.
0: I have an announcement to start the week. We have another meetup that has been announced this morning on the HRN Roadshow, which, by the way, is one month away now. We are going to be going to Maryland uh, to Jacqueline Burke's place, who has co-hosted the show a couple times with me and you, with you, I think, too. Uh, Jacqueline has offered up her farm we're going to have a picnic meetup at Hablin Hills which is a 25 acre eventing facility it's in Damascus Maryland this is going to be on August the 21st at two o'clock I have posted a Facebook event on our horses in the morning Facebook page you can go there and sign up and give us an RSVP she has a bunch of students that board there and she has promised a cross-country demonstration so she has a cross-country course there so we're going to have some fun there hang out watch some horses jump jumps and hang out with Jacqueline and uh, we're excited to have so basically from Damascus you can come from Pennsylvania from Maryland Delaware uh, Northern Virginia so it's really covering that whole area we hope to see a whole we have a whole bunch of listeners there so we hope to we hope to see you out there it'd be fun to it'd be fun to meet you all and Jacqueline is terrific and her place looks beautiful. So that's happening on August the 21st. Nice. And on today's show, we have Marty Irby, who you spent some time with, right, in California.
2: I did. I did. He's an awesome, awesome guy, and I'm really excited to hear. I mean, talk about somebody who has put their life on on the line for saving and improving the lives of
0: animals. That's this guy. So I'm really excited to have him on. He's Executive Director of Animal Wellness Action, and he basically deals with politicians all day. There's got to be a job that you want (laughs) to take a drink after. (laughs) Plus, a regular guest on Horses in the Morning makes the Olympic team. And more roadshow announcements a little later on. Plus, equestrian first world problems. Apparently, you all still have them. So, But, you know, I have to get to this because I got a lot of these. We have one auditor birthday. Aaron King, happy birthday to you. We hope you have a wonderful day now. We have a whole bunch of new auditors. We do this every Monday. Auditors are like super fans. They contribute or donate at least $3 a month. And we mention them by name because that's one of the perks of becoming an they auditor. They
2: also get prizes and extra content and lots of things.
0: Like the All post the show, things. which we'll be doing at today after. That's when Jamie and I, well, we can talk about anything we want in the post show. So
2: We, we might swear. Yeah, a little I bit.
0: Megan Elizabeth from the UK. Welcome from the UK. Clark Barton. Diane Seguero, Di- yeah, and then Diane Snell Holzman and Leslie Covington. Welcome Remember, if he does you.
2: mispronounce your name, it is a badge of honor. Because I think I might have got
0: Seguero right. Is that how you would have said that? Uh,
2: I, I mean, you you mispronounce Megan Elizabeth if you could. So. <laughs> I'm just moving on.
0: I'm only doing first names on this. You know, remember last week I said that we're going to be going away from the dollar level, which we did at the beginning, and the minimum level is now $3 because it costs so much to process a dollar contribution every month. Well, a whole bunch of people uh, went in and changed their pledge and raised it. So we want to thank all of these people, Christina, Brooklyn, Herbert, Aaron, Chris, Brenna, April, uh, Carmel, Carrie, Brenda, Megan, Kathy, Leah, Emily, Michelle, Danielle, Courtney, Matthew, Angie, and Carrie. Thank what? you all for raising your pledges Y'all, Yo, I'm going
2: to make it rain up in here, <laughs> you, you. Oh, my gosh. That was amazing. Thank you, guys.
0: I didn't do last names because I wanted to save time. was <laughs> worth there's so many. Well,
2: because it would just be embarrassing. Yeah,
0: and there were a lot of hard <laughs> ones, so I just cut them out. I just, yeah.
2: Well, this is a little bit of cheating because I was going to give my daily winning out to a listener named Clark Barton, who is not an auditor that sent me a really awesome uh, email introducing himself and his horses. Y'all, I love when you send me emails about yourself and your horses, and he has been listening for a couple years, and he listens to this and retired racehorse radio, and he's very complimentary about uh, you glenn and, and then really not... yeah <laughs> weird i know um <laughs> Thank mostly you, complimentary about me and jen <laughs> yeah, but you were yeah, in there. Yeah,
0: got it yeah <laughs> that's the way it but, usually is
2: but, but now i feel like it's cheating because he just became an auditor i just heard his name above so you know oh was it, All right. that clark clark barton Clark Barton, you have another boy listener.
0: Yeah, hey. I'm always so excited Yay. when we get more men. Hey, and, and all of you new auditors, just look for HRN auditors on Facebook, and that's how Ask to enter the room. Be sure to answer also, the, Be sure to answer yeah. the questions that we put in there, or they won't let you in the room. So be sure to answer yeah. the questions.
2: Also, I wanted to send my other Daily Winnie a little like a little mini shout out to Jennifer Kane Taylor, another one of our auditors who's helping me out with something, and she's just the coolest chick in the world, and I love
0: her. Yay. Well, that's good. Good news today all the way around. And we're very excited. I got to meet over the weekend. I had two listener meetups. Uh, we got together with our our couple of friends here in uh, in Ocala on Friday night, and then some friends in Orlando yesterday. And it was so exciting! It's always exciting to meet listeners and authors. You
2: were social this weekend, though. It's not it like
0: you out and about. It was so much fun. We had a good time. So thank you all, everybody that uh, met up and uh, hung out with us. That was it. Was a good time. It was a lot of fun. But now we have to talk Olympics. This is less than, or just like 26 days away is when the Olympics start, and what's going to happen is on July 24th, we'll have, July 24th through the 28th is going to be dressage, and then on the 30th of July through August the 2nd is eventing, and then jumping is August 3rd through the 7th. So they've... You know how in previous years, a lot of times they would have crossover of the events? Well, they're not doing that this year. It's one, then the other, and then the other. So it's going to be easier for your watching pleasure. But uh, awesome. there is good news. Uh, who is one of the most regular guests we have uh, had on over 10 years? She's an inventor. She comes on our show all the time. She's so sweet and bubbly and fun all the time, whether she wins or loses. <laughs> She's just oh, as nice as could you're talking be.
2: about Jessica Phoenix, aren't you?
0: She made the team. Well, Yay! there's no team. They're sending two individuals. They didn't get a team oh. this year. But really? guess which horse Jessica has taken? Who? Pava Roddy, 19 years old.
2: Oh, that's great.
0: So that has to be the oldest horse going this year, don't you think? <laughs> I mean... It's going to be up there.
2: Gosh, but, they've had a lifetime partnership together. It's just amazing.
0: And Colleen Loach is going as well. So the two of them are representing as individuals. Uh, they'll be going as individuals because they didn't qualify for a team this year. But she's an inventor, for those that don't know. And Jessica, joined, she was just on with us, what, a couple of weeks ago. Yeah. Uh, so Pavarotti is the one. I mean, 19 years old, going to the Olympics. That's amazing.
2: <laughs> well, and Colleen, which is how you pronounce that. Colleen, uh, Colleen is writing a 17 year old self francais. So very cool.
0: There's the old team from Canada going. The old timers <laughs> are heading. Now, did you hear about the Ireland kerfuffle and big thing uh, that has gone on in ireland no
2: but let me stop you because you have used the word kerfuffle twice in the last two episodes and i'm starting to get concerned but <laughs> carry on so i don't even know so there you was
0: are drama um <laughs> drama big drama in ireland so they have they qualified for the first time since 2004 for an olympic dressage team Well, three members of the dressage team that they had said are going had to withdraw for various reasons. Horses, one, had no explanation at all. So there were two teammates left, uh, Dane Rollins and James Connor, who still wanted to go to Tokyo, but they didn't have a third. So the performance director for Ireland withdrew the team and the social media went crazy <laughs> i mean you think our social media is bad bunch of mad irish people it was uh, it was interesting there's been a big big i mean it's just been going back and forth in the news and and it, this hit mainstream news but she withdrew she had the right to do it and she withdrew the team which gave belgium their opportunity to field their first full dressage team since 1928. So, they're going to have their first wow. team in almost 100 years.
2: <laughs> it took me a second to process that.
0: Yeah, almost 100 years they get their full first dressage team for Belgium. So, the uh, bad luck of the Irish is good luck for the, I don't know. What What do you say?
2: The Belgiques.
0: Is that what it is?
2: I don't know. Sounds no, good. I, I don't
0: know what it is either, actually. The Belgiumites? I don't know. <laughs> Somebody can. We'll get an email. Somebody will tell us. These Belgiques. Is Is it really?
2: (laughs) Hey, Chad.
0: (laughs) (laughs) He's flown everywhere. (laughs) You
2: call people from Belgium.
0: The Belgamites? No, that sounds like something you'd eat.
2: What do you call people from Belgium? Belgium. Belgiques. I was right. Were you right? (laughs)
0: Yes! I would have never guessed that in a hundred years. Good job, Jamie.
2: Look at me. I'm so <laughs> smart.
0: <laughs> hey, one other n- news story. Do you want to hear about how I think the debate over whether you scrape water off after hosing your horse down has been solved through a study? No, a there's study.
2: some. Yeah, okay. Uh, I, go ahead. Carry okay. On. Or Let do you get-
0: want to hear about Medina Spirit's urine?
2: I want to hear about both those. So, okay. um, <laughs>
0: <laughs> Let's start with... See
2: if I'm being honest, I'd like to really hear about that. All
0: right. So this study was done at the University of Queensland School of Agriculture and Food Sciences.
2: This is irresponsible, in my opinion. Carry on.
0: Okay. And they did it, uh, and they brought the results to the Science Society's 2021 Virtual Symposium. And basically what they did is they studied a bunch of horses and how to cool them down. And they did different things, walking them for 10 minutes, applying 30 liters of water every six minutes, and then wait walking for four minutes. Cold water application followed by scraping every six or every minute for six minutes, and then walking for four minutes. So they did all of these combinations of things over a period of time. And what they found is that there was no cooling effect, of scraping following rapid cold water application. As a matter of fact, when they did the heat temperature study, so they would take their temperature after work and then do all of these things to see how which brought their temperature down and kept it down the best. And what they found was if you scraped your horse, the temperature went back up. If you left your horse with the water on it and then reapplied every couple of minutes more water, uh, like three or four times, that kept your uh, the horse's temperature down and was the best way to do it.
2: Okay. And what about horses that they put the water on and just left them without scraping and didn't reapply?
0: No, that 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 was the best. See, so you have to reapply. That was the case.
2: And this is where this study, I read this study a while ago. Uh, this is where it's irresponsible because to me, they're saying, don't scrape your horse. And what the average person does is they go, oh, great. Now, I don't well, have to scrape. See, listen, they... listen, listen. The average person goes, I don't have to scrape my horse. So they hose him off and they put him back in the stall. But if you read the study, you need to constantly reapply the ice water and it's cold water. Right. So by saying, Cause don't scrape. Because there's always scrape. that thing
0: about not applying cold water too, right?
2: Yes. Yeah. So you got it. I mean, ice cold water is the way you cool down a You just continually douse them with ice water. And yeah, you bring down that temperature. But where this is irresponsible is it says, oh, you don't need to scrape them. And then people hose their horse off and they put them back in the stall. And yes, you can put your hand on your horse's neck and feel that they're incredibly hot. So keep that in mind. If you are not going to reapply. Ice a hundred times every three or four minutes, you know, then you need to still do something else to help cool your horse down. Yeah, Sorry. That, that's did, where you have to
0: the walk wire. them and do whatever, you know, you still yeah. have to do. And I don't think it. So the study wasn't irresponsible. I think the reporting on it was irresponsible. <laughs> yeah. It's exactly, the headlines well, that go, you don't have to scrape your horse anymore.
2: Well, what? Uh, if, to be fair, what they should have done also is have a fourth kind of uh, study where they just hosed a horse down and like never scraped it. And see what that horse's temperature is because that is the drama with this is like how, how. Do you need to scrape your horse after you hose it down?
0: Well, and th- yes,
2: if you are not going to continually re-op reapply, freezing. No, cold they walk. would argue
0: with that too, because what they're saying is that the water helps actually actually helps in the process of cooling the horse down.
2: Did they take the temperature of a horse that was just <laughs> hosed off? This one and bothers you.
0: <laughs>
2: it, it drives me crazy because yes, it just it's irresponsible to scrape or not to scrape, not to scrape. Okay, great. I never. Had have to scrape my horse ever again? Oh, really? Well, how about you sit there and uh, take temperatures and reapply ice water every four minutes? I, I've I worked at a barn that that was like their thing was like well, we don't scrape horses, and the horses would be like in their stalls. <laughs> heaving because they've been hosed down and put away and so it's very I'm, I'm, I'm yeah,
0: post-traumatic and what,
2: stress about this.
0: The so. bottom line was in the last paragraph was based on the information he recommends handlers continually reapply water to hot horses every minute for the first five minutes post-exercise.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, and so, we all do So that. that's we five times. Time, all that time in water. <laughs> the study demonstrates that constant contact with water is more important and more effective than using sweat evaporation to remove heat. So constant all of you people that finish riding your horses, you need to constantly hose them down for like at least, you know, Five just minutes. keep going. Yeah. Just just make a puddle. Let's go. <laughs> oh, it drives me crazy.
0: Let's talk about pee instead. How about that?
2: Oh, we get both. Okay. Yeah.
0: <laughs> so you go through law school, right? and you spend years, how many years, eight years getting through law school, and then you're a lawyer for a long time till you finally get to be a judge. And then a lot of times you have to be voted in, so you have to run for office to become a judge. And then you spend years being a judge, and then you get a case that's all about pee. How, <laughs> how, how can you sit on the bench and not laugh when the case of the pee comes to you? Medina Spirit's urine... And what's happening is in Kentucky... Of course, Bob Baffert and his team have sued this or the track for finding that there was bad stuff in the urine. And Tina
2: Spirit, of course, the current reigning uh, yeah, Kentucky, Kentucky
0: Derby champion yeah.
2: had a positive drug yeah. test. And then everybody's suing everybody
0: else. Yes. Well, what they want is the remaining pee so they can do their own private test.
2: Can you say urine, please? Okay. God, you sound like a nine-year-old boy.
0: <laughs> so they want the urine so they can do this private and. That's what they were fighting. They were fighting to get the remaining urine. Now, they wanted twenty millimeters, and the track was saying, "We'll give you five millimeters," and th- because apparently there's only like twenty-five millimeters left. So, so they're fighting over what's left of the urine. Now, my question, and by the way, the judge ruled in in uh, Bob Baffert's favor that they get to get the urine and do their own testing. So, my question is, how how long do they chill it so that Wouldn't this stuff just naturally over time dissipate in the urine? I feel like you're asking a very
2: large question to my small brain. (laughs) I don't know oh, yeah. how lo- what the half life of <laughs> yeah of that's my question <laughs> or whatever it's called the half life in a horse's urine is I probably we could consult some more intelligent
0: people. You know, can you imagine the judge sitting there and they're arguing over millimeters of urine and who gets what?
2: This is amazing. <laughs> I mean, that is amazing.
0: Now there's one point eight million dollars on the line, so you know it's <laughs> some very expensive urine.
2: What if they were like? Somebody was just like, oops, and then knocked it over, and it would all be done.
0: (laughs) So, yeah, I don't know what's going to happen in that case. They haven't taken, because of the the court case, they have not made the final decision. I was wondering why they didn't, you know, make the final decision, because the second test came back positive as well. But they haven't made the final decision because of the court case. So there you go. We'll see what happens after this. It'll go on for another year. You know that. It's going to go on for a long time. Well,
2: all I know is that I just I'm just so tired of people breaking the rules and the horses pay. I you know I I constantly deal with horses. Well, you like, see the I,
0: aftermath I of that. What yeah, exactly.
2: Yeah. I, and I was gonna say I have one horse in the barn right now, seventeen hand, beautiful bay horse. I mean, stunning, 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 giant. And his legs are so jacked up. He has oscillates on his front ankles. He's sound, but like his back is off. He's whacked. Like he's just, he could not, he is a mess. And if uh, I was telling Chad this morning, I'm like, if somebody would have just, this horse won $70,000 for people. And I'm like, if they just would have taken better care of him instead of push him until he breaks. And that is, and so when I see this BS with Bob Baffert and these people medicating and running and drugging and, and trying to pull it off, it just infuriates me to no end. And the horses are the ones who pay for it. You know what? You know who we should talk to Glenn? We should talk to the man who's <laughs> fighting to save the horses of the world. And that is Marty Irby. And, uh, I, I think it's time.
0: All right. We're going to get to him right after I had a chance to speak to Michael from Kevin Equine, our title sponsor today about stress and inflammation. I I
2: had like the best segue in the entire world.
0: (laughs) But you forgot we have have a sponsor.
2: (laughs) I'm done today.
0: You're in a mood.
2: You are just hitting all the hot button topics today.
0: Well, I have Michael back here from Kevin Equine and I I did have a topic I wanted to cover today. Uh, You know we. We talk all the time, uh, when we talk about Kevin equine here in the show, we talk about stress. But during this time of the year, when, when, when you, you have high temperatures, p- horses are traveling to go to competitions, they're traveling to go on trail rides, sometimes for days at a time, endurance races, things like that. What are some of the impact on horses that we need to be on the lookout for when it comes to stress?
1: Well, you know, stress is a, a really funny thing when it comes to horses, because with how temperamental they are, it's something that's occurring all the time. We define it as any change that causes a physical, emotional, or psychological strain. This also
0: well—that happens when they change. wake up in the morning, there, Michael. <laughs>
1: <laughs> exactly, exactly. Well, and, and that's the point of this is I want to show how often this occurs, and it's it's a daily thing. So, diet changes. You were talking earlier about you know these horses are traveling in competition; they're going to trail rides. You know, it's it's diet changes, new surroundings, pathogen challenges, so commingling of horses. You get to a trail ride, um, depending on how many people are out there, that's that many horses that are no different than than a kid at daycare. They're all rubbing noses and sharing each other's germs. There, these stressors, especially if they're chronic or multiple in nature. So, if we see several things happen at once, so your horses on a trailer that stresses them out. He gets to a new environment that stresses him out. He's around all these horses they're sharing germs, that stresses out the whole body. So all of this can actually impact that horse's ability for that intestinal lining to do its job and to heal itself. So that's where we get into this leaky gut syndrome that we talk about. So harmful pathogens and to- those toxins, they can actually now pass from the GI tract into the bloodstream. This essentially causes this massive inflammatory response. These active immune cells are now called cytokines, or we're just going to call them inflammatory items. So these inflammatory items or markers are now released, spread throughout the whole body.
0: You know, we've talked about before in one of our segments about how, you know, we all always think inflammation is bad, right? Um, but it's not always bad, right?
1: Right. Inflammation is an important... Um, tool of the body or a response in the body. There's two kinds. Uh, There's the localized and systemic. So inflammation is part of the healing process. When it's localized, when it's short-term or acute, it can actually be beneficial. That's helping that body heal or recover. When it becomes long-term or chronic or systemic, systemic meaning whole body, it spreads all over, it can actually have a number of negative body-wide impacts. With leaky gut syndrome that we're talking about, these leaks can actually be smaller acute. If they're localized, they can be beneficial. It can be that beneficial inflammation that helps heal. When those leaks start to get bigger, there's more leaks, or they're chronic, long-lasting leaks, that inflammation can become systemic. It can become very harmful and damaging and spread throughout the entire body.
0: So what happens when it becomes systemic?
1: So a couple of things. One, we see that whole body inflammation. We know now inflammation can be good when it spreads out the whole body. That's when it becomes bad. So those pro-inflammatory markers or those chemicals, they're released to actually assist that immune response so it can repair that tissue. But what happens is they can actually pass through that blood barrier. Once it breaches that, it can actually cause some pretty serious behavioral issues. I know our, our Listeners have heard that before or seen that before with their horses. My horse is just all of a sudden action acting really anxious or just just grumpy. You know, he's not being his normal self. Well, there's probably something that's causing that.
0: And then we call course, it, it uh, Michael, we call something. that ain't doing right. <laughs>
1: it just ain't doing right. Yep. And that's exactly right. <laughs> so, you know, there's there's something that's happening that's caused that that leak, that breakdown, and that horse is acting out because of it.
0: So, Michael, what are some other negative or bad things that can happen when when the whole body becomes inflamed?
1: So, laminitis, you know, it can be a, a very common occurrence. I saw it a lot in my past career as a farrier. This systemic inflammation can actually lead to a disruption in how our bodies utilize insulin. Whenever the body has an abnormally high level of insulin, it can just really mess up the whole hormone cascade. It can actually get into this situation where you have all this constant dysregulation or disruption of insulin, about 90% of laminitis conditions have been linked to a high insulin level or a dysregulation of that insulin.
0: What can we do to reduce the risk of of this whole body inflammation that happens?
1: So it's simple. You know, at the end of the day, feed the gut, manage the stress. We started this conversation talking about stress. So we need to manage the levels of of the stress but also what the body does with those stressors. So look for ways to minimize the impacts of that stress. Um, acclimatize your horse to the new environments, make sure you're transitioning feed properly, um, and, and you're just really focusing on that, that horse's whole body wellness. Some of the nutritional interventions that we can utilize is uh, chemtrace chromium or chromium propionate. This has actually been shown to reduce cortisol levels and cortisol is a stress hormone. So right there, that root word stress again, and it can improve your horse's response to some of those stressors that they're experiencing on a daily basis. It's also going to improve that insulin sensitivity, which helps improve that body's ability to utilize blood glucose or the blood sugar. Um, leaky gut syndrome is so often associated with stress because it's, it's really caused by it. So feed the gut. If we can provide the nutrients that horse needs to maintain a protective barrier, it's going to be healthy all the way around. This will not only help and prevent pathogen to, pathogens and toxins from entering the bloodstream, but it's also going to improve that intestine's ability to absorb key nutrients that are going to help it perform better and be healthier. Butiprol ZEQ that we've talked about in the past, it's the first product if it's kind of on the market, and it provides us supplemental butyric acid and zinc. So I know those get kind of complicated and we're getting kind of sciencey, but they actually are designed to help strengthen that intestinal barrier of that horse. So there again, keep it strong and sound, but at the same time, allow it to do its job in bringing in essential nutrients. Lastly, we can feed Clostat. So Clostat is a probiotic. It's a very Very interesting patent and strain. It's called a Bacillus subtilis, not to get too crazy, but it's this probiotic that's been developed as a natural defense against harmful equine-specific pathogens, um, bacteria. Uh, And that includes a variety of these species of of bad bugs that are designed to uh, essentially attack and and break down that intestinal function.
0: So where can listeners get uh, these ingredients that are, are helping the gut?
1: So, you know, Kemen Equine is an ingredient company. Our goal is to work with top feed and supplement companies to bring these solutions directly to you. So we're not just trying to add something else that you have to put into the diet. We're going to be there, you know, with those feed companies to provide it to you for best management practices. We suggest reaching out to your preferred feeder supplement company and ask if they're already formulating with these ingredients into their products. You can also visit kemin.com equine. That's K-E-M-I-N dot com slash equine click the buy now and it'll bring up all of our different products and what feed companies are and supplement companies are currently providing those solutions directly to the horse owner
0: and i'll put links to all of that in our show notes you can find them there thanks michael thank you Gwen.
2: well marty Irby is the executive director at animal wellness action in dc and he has Run the gamut of animal protection, even serving as a president of the Tennessee Walking Horse Breeders and Exhibitors Association, where he led the charge to bring an end to the practice of soaring. Now, what I learned by Marty being at the movement with us at Flag Is Up is he was born into this, as I feel like every soaring a-hole is they're born into it there's no books on it you know they they're born into it and so he was smart enough to get out and to see kind of what that world was like so marty first of all hello thank you for joining us no
3: hello thank you so much for having me today jamie and glenn i really appreciate
2: it yeah so uh just to give everybody a little bit of that history give everybody the the reader's digest version of you growing up in the walking horse industry
3: yeah, well, you, you gave a great description coming into this conversation. And I will say I, I was born into it. My father was a what they call big lick sore horse trainer. The big lick is an unnatural artificial high step that is produced by soaring with the addition of devices such as large stacked shoes and ankle chains they place around the horse's feet to exacerbate the pain. So I began riding big lick horses when I was three years old. I do not remember learning how to ride at all. I started competing at the age of four years old in the big lick classes and was showing in the world championship event um, within a month or so after I turned five years old. So uh, my first memory in life is showing a big lick horse at the Tennessee Walking Horse National Celebration in 1984. It was a big black mare named Carbon Princess, who had been a previous world champion And I remember standing in the middle of this arena with 30,000 people around screaming, you know, and yelling and clapping and thinking how I just wanted to be that champion, be that person that was winning and riding that horse. So I spent the next 19 years of my life attempting to win a world championship, and I finally did in 2003, and, and then I later won seven more world and world grand championships. Notably, though, that two of those were with big league horses. The other six were not. They were with sound flat shot horses that exhibit the natural gait. Um, I had been for many, many years trying to stop soaring from within the industry. Uh, my father actually taught me how to soar a horse when I was 13 years old. And, you know, as you're a teenager and developing your conscience, I think, and your views and values, you really begin to think about what is this? What, you know, it, It's strange. Why are we hiding it? Why are we not allowed to talk about it? That sort of thing. So I knew something was wrong, but everyone did it. And I don't know of a single person in the big lick faction of the Tennessee walking horse world that does not soar horses. In fact, many years ago, I went from barn to barn, the top 15 or 20 barns in the industry when I was president of the Walking Horse Association, trying to actually find a barn that did not soar their horses. And I could not find a single one that didn't. Um, All of the horses may not actually be sore on the day that they're exhibited, but they have been sore at some point in time and probably at least early in the week before the show um, to produce that artificial lick gate. So uh, after years and years of competing and running the largest walking horse breeding farm in the country, I ultimately ran for several positions within the Tennessee Walking Horse Breeders and Exhibitors Association which is the breed registry established in 1935, and was the vice president of marketing um, in 20, oh, 2007 and 2010. And during those two terms, when I was vice president of marketing, the first time, the World Equestrian Games that was held in Lexington, Kentucky, sent back our twenty or $25,000 sponsorship check and said, we don't want the Tennessee walking horse there. We don't want to be associated with you people. You're not welcome. So, you know, that said a lot to me at that point. Um, then when I was vice president of marketing the second time in 2010, uh, we started seeing a lot of uh, tumultuous action within the breed, and I started seeing more and more people who were starting to speak out against soaring. And there was a, a fellow who was nominated for president uh, to begin the term in December of 2010 who just really wasn't a, a well he really wasn't a good guy at all. And several of the old timers within the industry who really were against soaring and had tried to change things for many years, convinced me to run for president. And I did and decided the night before the election to do that. And I won and I had no plan and no idea what I was going to do. So I, you know, evaluated things brought a lot of the leaders together, uh, the older ones, the younger ones. And most of the time when I was in all of these meetings over these years, I was like 20 or 30 years younger than everyone else in the room. There was no mm-hmm. one remotely close to my age. So, you know, I'm fighting an uphill battle when you're talking about change with, you know, one or two generations ahead of me in the room. Um, so it was it was definitely like dragging people along. And during the time when I was president, um, one of the leading uh, animal protection organizations in the country did an undercover video of a guy named Jackie McConnell, who was a big, lick, sore horse trainer. I knew him so well that, he, um, when I was a child, I, I remember staying at his house and spilling red Kool-Aid on his white carpet and getting in trouble over that. Oh, you got was
2: your told. butt kicked.
3: So, yeah. <laughs> so, so, you know, that's how deep I was into it. And uh, ABC Nightline did an expose on this. And I happened to be in Wimding, Germany at the time when this expose came out, um, you know, seeing the world's reaction in a country where they don't even clip the horse's whiskers um and this big lick performance with all of this abuse the guy was brutally beating a horse doing what they call stewarding which is where they hit them in the head to make them not think about the pain in their feet because they're so focused on the pain in their head so that they pass infection It's, it's horrible um and i had actually never seen anything as bad as what i saw in that video in my entire life but i'd seen some pretty bad things so I just, it was a point in life where I knew it was now or never. I could do more to change things if I became very publicly outspoken about this. So I did. And um, ultimately came out in support of federal legislation to end soaring, uh, ban the use of these big stacked shoes and ankle chains, rearrange the inspection program that was a self policing scheme, basically, the fox guarding the hen house uh, to provide USDA licenses inspectors that would be contractors of the government, paid for by the industry, not paid for by the federal government, not federal employees, and increased penalties to felony level penalties for violators of the Horse Protection Act that was passed by my dear late friend, Senator Joe Tidings, um, who authored that bill to stop soaring uh, in 1970 And here, 50 years, half a century later, we still haven't stopped soaring. So I came out in support of this legislation. And as a result of that, I knew my world was going to collapse. Uh, I could write a country music song about it. But like I have told you before, my, my wife and I got divorced. I had to file for bankruptcy, lost my business. I was in the construction industry at that time, but I had built much of my business around horse people that I knew in that area in Middle Tennessee and um, ultimately was was left with about two nickels to rub together in my suitcase and i uh, reached out to a congressman in washington dc ed whitfield a republican from kentucky he represented the western third of the state was a tremendous advocate for equine protection he and his wife both were and um you know just offered to help and he said well would you come to washington dc and testify before congress about soaring and in support of the bill and i said yes i will So as a result of um, saying that I would come testify, I started then receiving death threats and uh, had to go into hiding for a little while. There's some pretty brutal and gruesome people involved in this practice, as you can imagine, Mm -hmm. and uh, ultimately testified in Congress, uh, had a few more death threats, and then uh, really didn't feel safe going back to Tennessee. So the congressman said, well, you've lost everything. Why don't you just stay here with me. You're welcome to stay at my house as long as you need to. And uh, he had a job. There was a, a guy that worked for him that left uh, to go run for Congress. And he had a, a very low paying job um, when you're working for the government. Um, so at, at 34 years of age, I had to start over in life wow. and um, and moved to Washington, D.C. and have been here now eight years, uh, worked in Congress for several years and have been leading animal wellness action for the past three years. So I'm, I'm in, all in to end soaring, but I can't tell you that I know how long it's going to take. It might take us another 10 years. Um, it's unfortunate, but there are several senators from Tennessee and Kentucky who have long uh, blocked the past act. After six years, we did get it through the House passed in 2019 by a vote of uh, 333 to 96. Um, But when you have 96 from one party opposed to it going into the Senate, that makes any bill pretty much dead on arrival. And so um, we worked uh, after that for about a year and a half to forge a compromise with people in the industry. I still have some very good friends in the industry. And at that time uh, in 2019 and 2020, one of my really close friends still had gotten elected to be president of the breed registry that I had been president of. And he and several others and I uh, spent hundreds of hours on the phone trying to come up with this compromise that would have accomplished 90% of the PAST Act, still would have banned the devices that are around the ankle, now, and it would have reduced.
2: T- tell us what oh, passed because there's two acts that we're going to talk about. One is the PAST, P-A-S-T, and one is the P-A-C-T. What does PAST stand for?
3: Oh, yes. Sorry. Prevent all soaring tactics, act, the okay. PAST Act.
2: So it is so very, are- very localized to like the Tennessee walking horse where the PACT Act that we'll talk about in a second is very general for all animals. The past is to get this taken care of. And, and Marty, I got, I'm going to jump in and ask you a question. Now, you brought it up. So you said that you like got divorced because of this. Is that because your ex-wife soared or did she just not want to be a part of this? I, like, I'm going to ask you a personal question. It's only you and me listening. Nobody's listening to Oh,
3: no, no, no. Yeah, I'm glad <laughs> they answered. I, this is already out there. So, no, she was very much into the soaring, very much a pro-soaring person and loved riding the Big Lick uh, horse. Uh, I did a podcast in 2017, Criminal, the Big Lick. It's, um, it's a pretty well-known podcast. And they actually contacted her. I did not know they were doing that until after it aired, right before it aired. But um, she she basically defended the big leg horses even in that podcast. So, oh my um, god, you, you
0: don't know, have it, to worry about that today, of- Marty. We're good. I I have not contacted her. So
2: <laughs> no, no, we're good, not surprised. Hey, by the way, guess who's on yeah. the phone? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that would not happen here. So okay, so it's I, you on. know what?
0: I, before you guys go on, I just can't get the image out of my head of beating a horse over the head to take away from the pain in the feet. That just
2: it, 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 stuff like that. I mean, again, Glenn, the people that do this, and you know what's funny is I have to, I think I've talked a little bit about my experiences with the soaring and the Tennessee walking mm-hmm. horse people, and they moved into a barn in the middle of the night that I was managing, and all the stalls were filled up with walking horses the next morning, and it was like this person had to escape from where they were being persecuted in Tennessee, and they came down to Georgia, and they moved in this barn, and I was telling Marty that story, and he knows the
0: guy. Of course he did. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's a small yeah. world. I, said his, I
3: think I said his name before you did when you said his first name. I said his <laughs> last name. Yeah. Yep,
2: that's old, good old Hal. And I watched the, the vats of. Stuff in my cross ties, the vats of acid mixture, whatever it was. And I watched the hitting the horses over the head because they were tied to the back of the stall. And then, you know, you don't want their butt to go to you because they're going to kick you because they hate you. Uh, and they would whip him around. And the oh, God, the abuse that these horses suffer because of this. <clears throat> bull like I cannot believe that there was a woman who was compassionate to even tell you that she was in love like people like that have no compassion what is happening there
3: That's nuts it's nuts you know if it makes you feel any better good old Hal is dead really (laughs) yeah he is wow
2: that doesn't I I
3: don't know if I told you that the other day (laughs) you did
2: not you did not I I probably could figure out what took him down but yeah anyway that's good uh (laughs) No, just kidding. I don't wish anybody dead. But except for Tennessee walking or soaring people. That's it. That's the only people. Anyway, so the past Act is still in progress. We've got jerk faces from Kentucky and Tennessee that uh, will not be a part of it. Now, we have said on the show before. That for the celebration, the fact that there was 30,000 people at the horse shows, there's a lot of sponsors that show up to the celebration. And we have all talked about how we've written to the sponsors and said, we're never going to buy your products again if you sponsor this horrible thing. And they've lost a lot of sponsors because of that. Right, Marty? Oh,
3: they have. You know, on the last Saturday night when they have the main World Grand Championship where there would have been 30,000 people, there may be seven to 9,000 people there now. And they had sponsors even from their own state. Cracker Barrel is based and headquartered in Tennessee. They pulled their sponsorship. And even Jack Daniels, which is located, the distillery itself is located seven miles from the Tennessee Walking Horse World Championship show. They pulled their sponsorship of the celebration. And they even pulled their sponsorship of the Lynchburg, Tennessee Hometown Horse Show about 200 yards from the distillery.
2: Wow. Wow. So you guys if you if you feel like you can't do something you can. Just get on the phone and write some emails and letters and stuff like that. Now, briefly, uh, you know what? Here's here's what I want to do, Glenn. I think that Marty would be a great regular guest until I convince him to start his own podcast. And we've already been talking for almost 20 minutes. So do you think, Glenn, that we could come back on with Marty and have him come back on and talk a little bit about the PACT Act and all of that and his time with the Donald and all those things?
0: Yeah, you know, I I saw a press release the other day. Uh, and I i don't remember what it was about, but it was from you guys about it. Was it the PACT Act that something was happening?
3: Uh, no, that was done and signed into law in 2019. Right. It might have been a, an amendment to deal with horse slaughter transport. Or That's it.
0: That's what it was. It Alboard. was the horse slaughter transport, right. which was interesting. And we've had this discussion on this show before about two, you know, trying to get it where they basically can't transport across to Mexico and Canada. Right.
3: Yeah, that's yeah, right. Yeah. We, we actually are hoping to hear later today or tomorrow that that's going to be up for a vote. And I think it if it is allowed a vote, it'll pass easily. And house Wait, so
2: this means percentage. that horses cannot cross the border to go into Canada or to Mexico?
3: It would basically stop the transport of horses for the purposes of slaughter across state and federal lines. So, yes. Now, oh my it wouldn't stop the transport of horses from within the state of Texas if for some reason a plant opened up there or within any other state. But there generally aren't enough horses within one state to warrant opening up a horse slaughter plant.
2: I thought it was illegal to slaughter horses in the U.S. now.
3: It's not. It's actually a common misconception. Uh, There is a de facto ban that is achieved by a year-over-year Um, defund of the inspections of horse slaughter plants through the appropriations process. So every year, I have to go lobby to keep that in place. It's not a law. It's just a temporary fix. And that could come back at any time um, until we pass long-term legislation to stop that. But this is definitely, this horse transport slaughter amendment is definitely the biggest step in the direction of ending slaughter that we've probably seen in 15 or 20 years.
0: And I imagine my dad worked for the United States Department of Agriculture all his career, and I imagine they don't want another thing they have to check on. (laughs) They're kind of busy. Um,
3: Yeah, they are very busy. They are very busy. This, This one, though, I will say on slaughter, it seems that they are pretty much with us and are not too terribly up in arms about it. The well, that's a
0: hard could, one to hard argue different. for and make yourself yeah. look good. Yeah. yeah.
3: But soaring, you'd be surprised. All USDA has done for 50 years is regulate soaring. And, and that's one that um, is very controversial within USDA, even though you wouldn't think
2: it would be. Yeah. That's crazy. They're just going to regulate. Abusing and
0: yeah, and you can only abuse this much, not persons. this yeah. much. Yeah, I mean,
2: you can do yeah. it like the day before, but like hey, that day you up. You know, if, if you guys
0: think this all happens and it's it's all insulated to our world, my dad inspected eggs, so he would get tanker loads of eggs at the eggplant and he would go check and it would be full of salmonella and he would reject that tanker load and the company would come to him trying to bribe him to let that tanker go, even though it would have made. 10,000 people sick.
2: That's crazy. You know what? I I just, this is, Marty, I I don't know. Welcome to Monday, everybody. (laughs) I just, I I don't know what would happen if you weren't out there fighting the fight. And that's why uh, Glenn Marty actually received a letter from Her Majesty, Queen Elizabeth II. Um, And so you're- So you're
0: three of your best buddies now, you you two and the uh Queen- (laughs) we're in the club we're in the queen club totally (laughs) have you gotten the invite to go over yet by the way and meter say hi go to lunch we we have not yet but when we were
3: we were with monty roberts last week i think they're they're still pressing for us to hopefully be able to do that this year in 2021 i think it's just uh, all about the covid restrictions and what's in place or not
0: yeah, they are starting to open up a little bit over there now. So, well, hopefully. You guys,
2: I have some big plans. Like, I have a vacation coming up. I have some things to do. So, I would <laughs> like for it to be able to be worked into my schedule. Okay. Like, someone needs to be me <laughs> first because I'm like, I'm going to Rome in October and I just, you know, I'm busy. So, you know, we'll have to see. I got to ask we'll Marty
0: have- though, because I hate politics. So, I got to ask one more question. I know we've kept you a long time. So, I hate, everybody knows I hate politics. We don't talk about politics in the show. It's the one thing we we don't talk, haven't talked about in 3000 episodes.
2: No, we hire. We have we, Marty do We
0: have it. Marty do that for us. <laughs> How do you not drink yourself to death after spending a day walking around the halls talking to these people? Let
2: me answer that. Let me answer that. Let me answer that.
0: <laughs> he uh, does.
2: <laughs> I, I spent the evening with Marty and he does.
3: <laughs> he does. <laughs> There's definitely I mean, a lot of wine involved. But I have to water it down with ice and half and half kombucha and things like that so I can keep up with everyone else.
0: well you know i figured i know why jamie does she has to put up with me in the morning but um like, i kind of knew why that was but yeah i figured it had to be something there marty because i'd shoot myself That'd i'm just a-
2: kidding i'm just kidding totally marty does not drink and it did not happen we did not
0: both <laughs> consume in monty roberts
1: house
2: while well, everybody was asleep except for me and abby and marty <laughs> that would never happen okay
0: Marty, thank you Never, for joining us. Someone What's, from Washington, D.C. <laughs> no, no. What's the website, Marty? Where can people find you?
3: Yes, check us out at www.animalwellnessaction.org. We're still pressing to pass the pass back. Maybe one day we'll get it done, but a lot of folks out there can help us get the job done.
0: All right, good. Well, thank you for being out there representing the horses and trying to get violence out of the picture. We appreciate that.
3: Absolutely. Thank you for having me.
0: All right. Thanks, yeah, Marty. Thank well, Cavallo Trek hoof boots are made for rain, streams, puddles, and mud. If you don't have shoes on your horse, then I would highly consider getting these. Scooter has used these boots for eight years. Since we got Scooter, he's been he's not been shod. And not the
2: same pair, though.
0: No, we've been through in eight years. I'm on my third set.
2: No way.
0: Yeah, that's what? it. They last a long time, and you know the one thing I like. I do not like, and did not the. The, the ones that have the wires in the front were not horse husband approved. I couldn't. I had a miserable time with those. So these are just Velcro. They Velcro on. They're easy to use. And more importantly, they have a multitude of sizes. So it fit my pony's little feet. And they go all the way down to mini size, by the way. So if you're riding and, you, you know, you're riding or driving in an area that has rocks, like our whole driveway is rocks. Uh, you have rocks or you're you're doing on the road and you don't have shoes on your horse, then I highly recommend these hoof boots. Give them a try. A lot of drivers use them uh, because they don't get sand in them either. And, we're you know, where we drive, it's very sandy. So you don't get a lot of sand in them. The ty- uh, tops are pretty tight. Yet they fit. I mean, they really did fit. So I use them all the time. We put them on all four when we go out in the roads, and he doesn't slip. Even when it's wet, they don't slip. They're pretty good that way. They're really good little tires for my pony, and I think they'll be good for yours as well. You can give them a try. Head on over to cavallo inkcom cavallo inkcom and just for a couple days until June the 30th, you have... Two more days to get your 20% off your next boots at at uh, cavallo-inc.com. Put in the coupon code HRN for 20% off. Do it now before the end of the day on Wednesday, June the 30th, and you will get your discount at Cavallo.
3: It's time for the weekly look at your equestrian first world
2: problems. This ought to be good. Remember, if you have a problem and it relates to your horse, it is a first world equestrian problem, okay? And these problems that I'm going to read to you were generously submitted by our listeners, our auditors. And on Sunday night or Monday morning, I go into the Facebook page and I say, hey, what is your problem? Like, dump on me. Like, let me hear it. And they share these sad sad tales of woe uh with me and then i share them with you so uh if you have tales of woe that you need to share and you want to participate in equestrian first world problems glenn how do they do it
0: you just head on over to horseradionetwork.com scroll down the right hand side of the page to see the auditor banner and click on that and for as little as a contribution of three dollars a month you too can become part of the the auditor family
2: all right. Well, we're going to start with Adrian, who has some very sad news because uh, she she this comes with a picture, and the picture is like uh, some wires across a stall, like thick, you know, wire, and then there's some wood that is laid across the bottom of a brand new wood. And she said, "My fiance repaired my horse's stall wall so her tail doesn't get snagged on it, but now she's scared of it." <laughs> And it's like that old kind of like, why so he he made some work to, to, yeah, no, no, she's scared of it. Well, at least she definitely won't get her tail caught no. now. Uh, Andrew said, I went to help a friend put up hay today. And then I got a call from my hay guy. So then I had to go pick up hay and put my own hay away by myself this evening. That's not funny either.
0: Nothing sucks more than doing hay for an entire day. God, Ugh. it sucks.
2: Melissa says, I just got a new horse. And my legs are so sore from all the riding I'm doing. <laughs> um, Kaylee, your problem is really long and real. Um, but she goes on about some things and she says, basically, I've taken up day drinking in my kid kiddie pool. <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't matter what's going on. I want to be your friend. Uh, Leslie says... When my daughter was at her ranch horse clinic this weekend, I cleaned my horse trailer tack room, and instead of just, like, sitting around spectating, and I found six cinches, and I didn't know that I had any of them, and I just bought a new cinch yesterday. (laughs) (laughs) I do that, too. Of like, God, I can't find any. I need some more of these things, and you stumble across, like, ten of them. Um, Susanna said, I sold my crummy barn car today. Yay! But I forgot I still had to pick up bedding and have a bale of hay still in my garage to take to the barn. No, no. don't you do it. (laughs) Don't even
0: think about it.
2: I mean, does anything irritate a horse husband more? No!
0: That's the answer to that question. (laughs) (laughs)
2: <laughs> yeah, we, I put some, I had to drive down the road, and I was taking, like, when Pink was at a pasture down the street, I put some alfalfa on top of my my convertible, you know, and I drove it down, and Chad was mad that there was hay on the outside. I'm like, it'll blow off! Like, stop! Uh <laughs> Uh Ursina says, my trainer told me that my young horse's canter will likely be too rough for me, um, but that I should keep him because he's just so good and uncomplicated. Now, my husband wants to come to the barn for riding lessons, and he suggested I go look for another horse. So now I have to go horse shopping before he changes his mind. <laughs> hey, you just got the green light yeah, golden ticket.
0: I'd go quick. <laughs>
2: I got the golden ticket. Jane says, I have a beautiful golden Palomino princess horse with a lovely long white mane and tail. But in Arizona summers, that lovely mane lays on her neck like a hot blanket. So I have to braid it to keep her cool. But I hate braiding.
0: You could do what Jamie did. You can do it.
2: You know what? I'm dealing with. The, I, I I I roached everybody's manes because I have an Andalusian. So you know what? I get it, Jane. I, I one mane I can take care of, but God, I hate braiding too. I hate those like it's just like foofy stuff. Like I need to hire like some teenagers, like maybe some like ten year olds. Get over here and like. And do how come it useful. is
0: the horse that you need to braid is the one that rips them out every day?
2: <laughs> it's oh, the same horse. God. Exactly. Rebecca says, "I really <laughs> I feel you, Rebecca. I really want to go to bed at a decent hour, but the sun is up so late and I forget to come in. So like when I finally do, the family is still hungry because no one has bothered to feed people. So then I cook and I clean up and then it's so freaking late and then my husband still wants to spend time together and I know this is a run-on sentence, but ah, the only benefit to early winter sunset is a better time frame for dinner and bed."
0: Are you sure you didn't write that one? Are you sure that didn't say Jamie?
2: Up right now for you, Rebecca. (laughs) You just, it's like, get out of my head. I'm going to start charging you rent for living in my head. (laughs) Jenna says, we are having an, an insane heat wave and my old gelding isn't doing well. So I brought my industrial motor fan, closed motor fan from the house, which she's loving. But now I don't have a fan in the house. I have to sit on the couch with my horse ice packs all over me so I don't melt. I, I actually said I wasn't going to read any of the heat things, but the fact that her horse gets her only fan and it's insane and, and they don't, nobody has air conditioning in Canada. So she's, oh, I love you, Jenna. Uh, Kim says I had so much fun at the dog show last weekend that now I want to spend more time working my dog for different events. And I also want to continue training and dressage and now, but I still have a job and like, My job at the department in the hospital is so short-staffed. I'm, like, working all the time. God, having a job is such a pain. Yeah,
0: it is. I always said you should be retired. You should have your retired years between 20 and 30. Yes. So, So you can spend, like, reverse Social Security. Give that Social Security to people that are between 20 and 30, and then just work forever till you die.
2: I mean, I have this beautiful farm, and I'm certified, and I feel like I can train all the things, and now I'm, the, I'm in my 40s. <laughs> yeah. I didn't get certified till I was 40, Glenn. Why didn't I do that at 20, and it had all this, and now I could really Oh, you were no. too
0: busy with that radio career doing the hobnobbing and parties. Uh, That's true. I, yeah, I did. You, you kind of had that that fun time when you were in your 20s.
2: <laughs> um, you and Car-
0: Leonardo DiCaprio at the bar. Just having yeah, a good time. Never calls.
2: Um, <laughs> Karen uh, Chatton says that I was just about to order some new fly mask. And this is the host of our endurance show. And she says, and then I went through my tack room storage and I found four, uh, six more, including two <laughs> with extended nose covers. But I wanted all the new pretty
0: colors. <laughs> Endurance riders are into the colors like inventors are. They're all into oh. colors, yeah.
2: Oh, yeah. Robin, uh, this is funny if you know Robin. She said, I have to set up another feed bucket for my big mare Josie because she got itchy and broke the last three.
0: <laughs> she has a draft horse.
2: Um, <laughs> a draft horse. Um, Aaron says, I... Oh, you're gonna get on this, Glenn. Aaron says I embarrassed myself recording a really bad ad, and it hasn't even been played yet.
0: So Jennifer Aaron, at HorseradioNetwork dot We are not in charge of putting bad ads in, so I have no are idea. Not.
2: But if, if 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 she didn't get it or something, make sure you message her because maybe it wasn't good enough quality. Maybe it wasn't. Good yeah, bad. I mean,
0: or we just didn't get it for some reason. So yeah, yeah exactly. definitely message her
2: we always play the ones that come in because I love embarrassing myself and I love sharing in your embarrassment of you. So uh, just send it again. Uh, Lisa, says is my gorgeous, my gorgeous old boy got a free session with X Sarge on Sunday. I think it's like a PEMF thing. Remember she lives on the other side of the planet and she said, but, and it's a picture of him and he's got some sort of like, mechanical thing attached to his back and he's wearing a blanket. It looks like one of those, like, I don't know what you would call it over here, but one of those blankets that does all the therapy. And this horse looks so pissed. <laughs> she said, my gorgeous boy got a free session, but he hated it. <laughs> I mean, he looks mad. He is not okay with it. Kayla says, I signed up to get a KPP sticker. And when I got the mail, the envelope was open and there was no sticker to be found.
0: And I will have you know, I wrote to her, and I'm sending her a sticker personally, so she'll get her sticker.
2: Well, I would like to say, too, that, like, obviously, there's a uh, mail theft going on with KPP stickers. Yeah, and obviously.
0: Should... Hey, I saw obviously. yours. Uh, Jamie posted the other day. What door is that? Door to That's your my tacker
2: door. The, the door to so my you
0: take here. the race plates, you get off all, all these horses that you train, and you're tacking those up around, but you also have all the KPP stickers. I forgot how many they had until I saw them all lined up.
2: Yeah. You know, I've been getting them one at a time and I I had like three and then I went to kppusa.com and clicked like you can click the ones you want them to send you. So I just had them send me the rest of them and I put them all in my tack room. So yeah, uh, around my door is all the racing plates that I have actually pulled off horses that have come here for training. And I still have like 20 more. I'm going to need another, we're not to make another door frame, Chad, because I'm filling it up. And so I've got race plates around and then uh, the stickers. And then in the middle, if you notice is a whiteboard and that's how I keep track of all the horses that I've ridden and how I do billing. And then I take a picture of that and I come up here and plug it in my computer and then a fly swatter. And I, Chad thinks it's hilarious that I sit with a fly swatter in a barn, but I think it's one of my (laughs) favorite things is to like, I squat down on the ground and I just wait for them to land near me and just whack. I mean, I'm a murdering SOB (laughs) in the, in the, the barn floor. Anyway. Um, we are almost done. Carrie says, my horse loves grass more than me, but I love him more than pizza. <laughs> <laughs> Never <heard> that before. <laughs> Emily said, I wake up early to ride most days before it gets hot and my husband leaves for work. Well, I was so tired from swimming last night that I slept in until 6:45, so I couldn't go ride, and then I had to ride my Peloton instead. <laughs> The privilege of that. I mean, I'm glad you share that. Like, I'm glad you. I feel like, if nothing else, equestrian first world problems have taught people to laugh at themselves.
0: Yeah. Because yes. Like, oh yes. My God,
2: I had to ride my stationary $800. Oh no, that's like
0: 3000 That's a $3,000. Whatever. Like.
2: Yeah. whatever it is. I don't know. I'm clearly not. <laughs> Nor am I ever going to ride one. uh Chelsea says, "Finally, this is my last one. I have booked my Iceland trip." to to ride horses, and I cannot wait, but we can't wear regular riding clothes that have touched horses outside of Iceland, so now I have to go shopping, and I don't know what breeches and boots to get. Worm ones. I all that. You can't, you have to wear brand spanking yeah, new. Yeah, they're
0: not, they're very picky about it, you know, anything that comes into Iceland. Rightly so, right? I mean, yeah. Yeah, yeah.
2: that's awesome. Free shopping! Woohoo!
0: <laughs> That's cool that she gets to go. We need a report when you get there. We need to get you on the phone. Wait a yeah. minute. Do they allow you to bring your phone as long as you decontaminate it?
2: We, I think they would. We
0: need to talk Good. to you. We need to hear how yeah. this goes. We want to report. How does
2: any of that work? Do you have to shave your head because your hair? Yeah, I know. You could be waters. carrying
0: lysine. I mean, jeez.
2: You blow your nose. Does that have like the dander of old horses? <laughs> so you it?
0: And on that note, thank you for joining us, everybody. We really appreciate it. We're so- very sorry about your first world what problems.
2: about the bodies of your shoes, Do you have to like step hang on,
0: auditors. Get get she, she continues her ranting today. Uh, you can find you her at Flyover chest? Farm. Just look up Flyover Farm on Facebook and you'll find her. Um. And then
2: you've got ears, hair in your lip.
0: Okay, I just muted her so we can finish the show. You can find her at Flyover Farm on Facebook. And we will not have a show tomorrow. We are dark tomorrow. Let me see if she's still going.
2: And then what happened?
0: Yep, she's still going. Uh, so we have a we will not have a show tomorrow. We're dark tomorrow because it's the fifth Tuesday of the month. But Jamie and I will be back on Wednesday, and then driving show on Thursday. I have some more recordings I did while we were on the road and in the carriage. So that's kind of fun. We'll be doing that Thursday, and of course, really bad ads on Friday. Thank you all for joining us. We really appreciate. It. Let me see. Oh, she got quiet. Maybe she. I
2: gave up. <laughs> <laughs> I keep uh,
0: up because I
2: really do feel like what if you had cuffs in your pants and you unrolled the cuffs and like some dander fell out from your horse? And then are you going to be a joke? Dro- hey, daughter, I'm going to continue on this for the next hours. Thank you very much.